Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Barrett Brooks. I'm the COO at ConvertKit. My co-host is our CEO, Nathan Barry. We're on a mission to help creators earn a living, and this is a show about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Welcome back. It's Friday, which means it's Q&A Friday here on uh, The Future Belongs to Creators. I am Barrett Brooks. This is Nathan Berry. We collectively are sometimes the leaders of ConvertKit, uh, email marketing software on a mission to help creators earn a living. And um, it's going to be a great episode today. I love when we get to take questions and be a little bit more interactive than your average show. We've already got a decent number of people tuning in. And uh, we're going to kick it off like we always do. It's a little red, yellow, green. Feel free to, if you're live, feel free to share in the chat how you're doing and why. And uh, we'll start with Nathan. How are you doing this Friday? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'd say I'm I'm green. I think I started to get really antsy the other day. Yesterday, yesterday was like the I'm stuck at home and I'm tired of it day. And today's like, okay, I could settle into a groove. You know, this could be fine. Um, something that I'll throw out there that has me really excited that I just got off a call with uh, Greg Smith, the CEO of Thinkific. Um, and they are joining the creator fund with $25,000, which is incredible. That's a huge amount of money to go help creators. And, uh, that just has me fired up because, uh, Greg and think have always been great partners and to see them join in on this just, it has me really excited. So that's why I'm green. Yeah. I love that. We ended up having, I think 14,000 applications to the creator fund before we kind of we didn't like shut it down, but we started discouraging applications by removing the uh, email form, email opt-in form for now. We're really hoping that we can institutionalize that and make it into actually a long-running nonprofit. But uh, for now, that's going to allow us to serve somewhere between 50 and 100 more creators, which is really exciting. I'd say I'm pretty green today too. My child woke up at two, four, six, and 8 last <laughs> night. So I should laugh. That's not funny. I can't say I'm rested, but I can say I'm feeling good. I really do love our, our Friday episodes. Um, our team seems like they're doing as well as can be expected given all of the circumstances. And um, I'm just like really proud to to have been part of all the stuff that we put into motion as we face this kind of time of uncertainty. And now I feel like we just have a ton of opportunity in front of us to continue serving and to continue taking people uh, care of people the best we can which feels really good. Um, feels really aligned with who we are. So, uh, it is a good day. I, I agree on that note. Um, if anyone wants to see the kind of message that we share with our team, uh, I published a version of that base camp post that I shared internally on my blog. And that's at nathanberry.com slash uncertainty. If you want to see basically the way that Barrett and I have been showing up for the team, how we've been encouraging them to think and, uh, how we see ConvertKit's path going forward. So, uh, with that, I guess uh, let's check in on some numbers. Obligatory check-in. Uh, let's see. We're at 576,000 overall. That's a huge increase over yesterday. That is a crazy increase over yesterday. Is that 50? Th- anyway. Uh, the U.S. solidly in first place. If this were a contest, we are either winning or losing. I- losing. Losing okay. very badly. <laughs> uh, 94,238. Um, you know, there was... First thing this morning I read, there were the first uh, three deaths from the coronavirus in the state of Idaho. And we've had very, you know, relatively few cases. I think there's 150 now or something, but just makes it hit home when you realize like, okay, this is 
you know, people in our, in our city, in our Valley here who are really suffering from it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I guess, you know, to the extent that there can be good news related to all of this, or maybe it's just relief news. Uh, it does look like the house, uh, in the United States. So I know that we have listeners all over, but in the United States, um, both sides of Congress have agreed to a bill to provide a little bit of relief to everyone. If, uh, you are an adult who has, um, a social security number, it looks like you're going to be getting $1,200 from the government if you made under $99,000 as an individual last year, or uh, if you filed jointly with your spouse or partner, you'll get um, $1,200 per person if you made together less than $150,000. So um, that's some relief coming, hopefully, for those of you who need that especially. Um, that'll be helpful and, and a little bit of good news today. Yep, that is good. Um Let's jump into our topic for the day, which is Q&A Friday. We've gotten a combination of questions from Twitter. We pulled some from our community. Uh, one thing that maybe you don't know about ConvertKit is we are working really hard to create kind of comprehensive resources for creators across the board from being able to connect with other people like you in our online community at community.convertkit.com, educate creators through what we call Creator Pass, which is our kind of learning platform where we teach courses on how to go from just getting started and coming up with an idea for your business uh, to launching your first product right now. And we're hoping to expand that going forward. So we jumped into the community and grabbed some questions from there too, but uh, we always prioritize questions from live listeners first. So that's your incentive to be here. And we'll start with Sean's question, which we also got on Twitter. So I don't know if Sean's the one who asked this on Twitter, but uh, what Mike, mixer, etc. What is our audio setup basically? Which is a great question because so many of you are probably podcasters or recording online video or things like that. Um, so we can get into it. First, we should give a shout out to Josh Kaufman, um, author of The Personal MBA and um, The First 20 Hours. First 20 Hours. And then he's got another one that I've got on my shelf. I got how, a, how, how to, to fight, fight a, a Hydra, yep. which is an awesome allegory along the lines of the alchemist um, that I would highly recommend. So he sent us this long email that clearly comes from years of audio uh, experience about the different kinds of equipment we could buy. And Nathan, you want to tell him what we went, ended up going with? Um, I'm not sure that I know. I followed the okay. list. I've got this mix pre three preamp that I would, oh, I'm going to pick up and show you. Yeah, there you go. And the reason we went with the Mix Pre 3 is that it can take three different audio feeds and it has a battery slot and an SD card slot. So you can travel with it actually. And you wouldn't even need a computer with you if you wanted to go sit down and record a live audio or a live uh, interview or conversation with someone. Or maybe if like you and your partner at your house want to record together, this is a great way not to have to be in front of the computer um, and just be able to do it live. So Mix Pre 3 and then our microphones are Audio-Technica ATR or AT875Rs. They are shotgun mics. You can kind of see them. They're big and they only pick up, they're directional. So they pick up sound coming this way. They pick up a little bit of ambient sound, but it's, it's great when you don't have a really good acoustic setup. Um, like you don't have a bunch of soundproofing on the walls and things like that. It can be good for preventing it from picking up too much stuff outside of that. And then uh, we just got our, our Sony kind of studio headphones here. 
um, which are nice for either monitoring your own audio or making sure you're getting clear sound from your recording partner, which normally would mean that they would be able to know if you weren't using a quality microphone okay. while recording. Okay. It but feels- thankfully, we have uh, listeners who care enough to tell me. <laughs> All right. You don't need to... I, I thought we were friends. Okay, so that is our audio setup, and uh, we'll roll right into the next question. Um, no, I'll say on the audio setup, this was a really good balance of quality and price. So you can spend an infinite amount of money on audio uh, gear, and uh, I think we're probably at six hundred, seven hundred bucks per setup somewhere in there. Um, by the time you include the the microphone arm and all of those. And the mic's like 170 bucks or something, and the preamp is. Someone will look this up and actually correct me, but I think the preamp is like 300 bucks, 400 bucks somewhere in there. Maybe it's more. It was definitely under a thousand dollars per setup, and quite a bit under. So it's not the cheapest, but it is a really nice one that gives you really high quality sound if that's what you're going for. Yep, for sure. Um, I'm also going to post a link in the chat that we'll end up adding to the show notes from uh, one of my old business partners named Chase Reeves. He wrote a great article. He's obsessed with audio and video and has just been doing this stuff for a really long time. He wrote an article called The Podcaster's High Quality Microphone Shootout at fizzle.co. And um, he actually recorded sound clips for each of those microphones. so You can listen to them and see what you prefer there. Uh, So feel free to go check that out. Sounds good. Well, the next question we have is what tool do you use to draft your writing? Um, there's a ton of great tools out there. Uh, I, there's two that I use, uh, for a pure, just writing experience. I use Ulysses. Um, I really like it because it has some of the elements that I loved about Scribner, which is a tool that a lot of authors use to organize and draft their books. Uh, the biggest thing being like the organization down the side. So sort of like a table of contents down the side and you can see the flow of your book or whatever you're writing and tab between them really easily. So Ulysses has that like Scrivener does, but it's a little more lightweight and, and it's simpler. Uh, you get to write and mark down, uh, clay just threw in the chat that he loves Ulysses. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. They also have a phone app that's really good. And so I'll, you know, when I'm out and about, I might, uh, draft up a quick little, uh, notes for a blog post idea or something. I am trying out notion for long form writing, uh, where I need to collaborate with someone else. So working on some book ideas around company culture and stuff like that. Um, we've got that in Notion and it's interesting to play with. It's not as good of a writing experience, but I love the flexibility and we'll see where it goes. So that's what I use. What about you, Barrett? Um, I am a little bit of a Neanderthal here only because sometimes I value speed over uh, speed and accessibility over the experience. And we've talked about this when we, I think we, we had a conversation about some of the tools we use maybe last week, but I'm not convinced in many cases that a tool is what's holding me back. Right. So a lot of my writing that I just need to get done, wait for it, is in notes, the Apple native app. And, um, weren't you giving me a hard time last week for using notes? I know, I know, <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll typically just use, um, Oh my God, Markdown. Sorry. My yep. no sleep brain is not working for me today. I'll use Markdown inside of notes. Um, and then that converts pretty nicely into HTML uh, and everything. If uh, in my like fantasy brain that imagines me as a writer of incredible nonfiction, long form book length uh, stuff, I organize some longer term projects in Scrivener. I do have a couple of kind of book outlines in there where I'm compiling research and writing outlines and sometimes diving in and writing a section at a time. I'm really interested 
one of the things that drove me to start my first business was this idea of finding meaning at work. And there's a lot of great research on what leads to that now. And I also think that there's a lot of overlap with problems in the world that need to be solved. And so I've been working on a book idea forever that maybe someday will actually get written and that gets stored in Scrivener because I like the organization there. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to go to the next question from one of our good friends, Ryan Delk. Uh, he says, what's one thing that you've learned about building a SaaS company that you think is also a valuable lesson for many creators? Um, the thing that immediately came to mind for me the moment I saw this question is that it's going to take a lot longer than you think. You know, there's this famous video from uh, Gail Goodman who founded Constant Contact and it's called the long, slow SaaS ramp of death. And she gave it a business of software maybe 10 years ago now. And it just talks about, you know, they built this incredible business to a massive size, became publicly traded. And it just talks about how long it took to get there. And so uh, that is very, very true for any recurring revenue software business. Um, but it's also true as a creator. You know, um, Barry, behind you, you've got the poster from uh, our friend Sean of show up every day. But the rest of that saying is show up every day for at least two years. Right. Cause so many creators dive in and they're thinking like, okay, I'm going to do this. I've, I got the blog set up. I made the course in 72 hours. I did this thing. Like, let's go. And they don't get the results that they want. And they go, okay, I guess creating is not for me. And they, they give up. And so instead you have to have this mindset of it's going to take years of showing up every day and it's worth doing. And so stick with it. Yeah. That was always the number one thing I shared on an old podcast I was on was patience matters mm -hmm. and the fastest long shortcut is to be building expertise for years before you realize you want to start a business. Because sometimes the hardest part is that people are trying to both become an expert on the topic they've picked, whether that's making music or teaching something that matters like design, like we talked about earlier this week. A lot of times people both pick a thing they are really passionate about learning and they start a business based on it at the same time. And that combination means you've both got to learn the topic and learn how to build a business. And so one of the things that I've observed is the more of an expert you can be on the topic that you're diving into ahead of time, the faster you can go on the business side. Cause then really you're, you're mostly being held back by your business knowledge and progress, as opposed to your own understanding of the topic that you're sharing with other people. Um, and that's certainly been true of email as well. I think the more that we've understood about email as an industry, the infrastructure that drives it, the deliverability aspects that make us successful and having some of the best stats in the industry there and just what customers need, what creators need when it comes to using email, the better we've become. And I think that that applies to both creative businesses and to software businesses, um, which is just creativity at a bigger scale, I think. Yeah, for sure. All right. The next question that we have is uh, from Elza Vera of which books about writing nonfiction would you recommend? Uh, that one I'd go with bird by bird by Anne Lamott. What about you, Barrett? I also like that one. I've got a whole, uh, stack of them over here. This is Barrett staring at his bookshelf, by the way. Yes. Sorry. My bookshelf <laughs> is that direction. And so I, I organize them actually by topic. This is like a dream question for me because I can just look at my shelf in the writing section. So here are some of the books on my writing shelf in case you want to check some of them out. David Lambeth, the golden book of writing. Ray Bradbury, one of the greatest writers of all time, Zen and the Art of Writing. 
Peggy Noonan was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. Uh, I am neither conservative nor liberal, um, so don't try and peg me, but I do respect Peggy Noonan as a writer. And she actually wrote a book called On Speaking Well, but I think that actually applies to, uh, mm-hmm. to writing as well. There is one that is a textbook that my team hated me for making them read, but <laughs> it is the fundamental driving force behind both my speaking and written communication. Uh, it is called The Pyramid Principle by Barbara Minto. You will think you are straight out of the like 70s business world while reading it. And if you want to learn how to better structure writing such that people can understand it clearly, I think it's fantastic. And then let's see, the last one I would say is uh, Stephen King also has a book called On Writing that, of course, is fantastic because it's Stephen King. Even if you don't like his fiction, uh, he is without a doubt an incredible writer. So those are some resources for you. That's good. Um, feel free to drop any more questions in the chat. We'll happily take those there. But uh, uh, we got another one coming up. Okay. When you read articles, do you read the entire article or just skim through the highlights? I usually read the entire article, but if it's boring, then if I'm thinking of giving up on, on an article, then I start skimming, give it a little bit more of a chance, and then I either find something and keep reading it, or I continue my process of uh, giving up and and hit the back button and bail out of it. What about you? Um, if a headline catches me, I, I really don't like when people only read headlines because it gives us uh, oftentimes a misinformed understanding mm-hmm. of what the actual topic at hand is. Headlines are written to get attention. The body copy is written to inform you in most cases or entertain you or whatever the site is. So I tend to try and read things fully. If I get partway through reading in detail and I find, oh, this isn't actually a topic I care to know about, then I'll just drop it. I'm very, very rarely just reading the headlines though, because I find that while it might give me an outline view of what the post or the article is, it doesn't actually give me the understanding. And if I don't actually want the understanding, why am I reading it to begin with? Yeah. I think how involved or, or um, how interested you are in the, in the topic really matters. And then how applicable is it to what you're trying to do right now or, or where you're going? So my willingness to bail on an article, if it's just like something random that somebody shared is pretty high. If I, I'm not getting a good uh, getting a lot out of it. But then if it's something that somebody recommended or it said, Hey, this is a really good for where you're at in your business, then, uh, I'm really likely to dive in and pay close attention to it. Yep. Totally. Um, just wanted to say, uh, Laura Roeder just stopped in. Just want to say, Hey, back to you after she said, Hey, in the chat. Um, let's see what is next on our list here. We had one earlier, which was a little bit inside baseball for ConvertKit, but we shared on the podcast that we made adjustments to our free plan last week, a week ago today, actually, where we took the limit from 100 to 500 subscribers that you can send broadcast to for free. Um, You also get full segmenting and tagging as a part of the free plan, uh, in addition to our fantastic landing page templates that can easily cut your spending on your business down by a decent amount if you're paying for another landing page software. Anyways, um, that's the end of that advertising spot. What we learned so far from the changes to the free plan is that it has more than doubled our daily signups. So um, we were so close to a thousand free plan signups yesterday. We were more in the the range of like three to 500, depending on the day. Yeah, I think two to 400 was the range in the past. Two to 400 as of uh, last week and before, and now we've averaged 775 a day, and that's ramping up um, every day since we launched it. In terms of people downgrading, um, it's only been, 
I think it's under 200 at this point. So as a percentage, that's quite small. I think we have about 28,000 active customers, active paying customers right now. And we're right at about 30,000 free customers right now. So if you care about stats like that, about our business, uh, a lot of them you can actually find at convertkit.bearmetrics.com where all of our numbers are public uh, or most of our numbers are public related to revenue and customer growth and all of that. Yeah. On that note, Laura just dropped in the question of, you know, asking about if you're expecting a decrease in your customer base from people who have gone out of business. And so that's more on the the contraction side of not just someone downgrading because we have a free plan, um, but also, you know, maybe they're shutting down their business or um, something like that because of the economic times or the uh, quarantine or any of that. And we've seen some of that. So particularly the travel industry has been hit the hardest, right? Where traffic in the past for, hey, let me go on, on this vacation to the Caribbean. What are the best spots in Hawaii? You know, like give me uh, great planning for my trip to Paris, all of that. People just aren't doing those sort of searches anymore. That means traffic da- is down. Odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just not in the same way. And so we definitely have people reaching out in specific industries saying, hey, is there anything we can do? And, and so we're working with those people. So there's definitely that contraction, but there, we're seeing at least as much, if not more, on the other side of new people signing up and saying, all right, I think now is the time that I'm going to create my online presence. And that was something like I was just talking to uh, Greg from Thinkific, uh, as I mentioned just before this call, and he was saying that there's so many people starting their online courses right now and, and choosing a platform to do it with that they're seeing this crazy increase. So it's just, it's hitting every industry in a different way. And, uh, and we're finding that, you know, we tend to be more on the upswing side of that than the negative side of it. Yeah. One more follow-up question there. Keshna asked, uh, how does this update affect people that were already paying for the service? Um, it's, a, it's actually a different product. So it's quite limited in what you can do related to the core product. So the core product has um, automations and sequences so and integrations. So anything that automates your marketing um, is still not included in the free plan. If you're not using any of that and you have under 500 subscribers, then um, it may be worth switching over to the free plan. But basically the way we communicated about this is we trust our customers to know what they need. We also trust that if they can pay us, they will. You know, We're a business. We want to stay in business, obviously, through all of this and continue being able to use our resources to serve people. But if it makes the most sense for you, you know, you're obviously welcome to write in and downgrade and you'll just have limited functionality there. Yep. That's good. Okay. We have another question uh, of what are your hobbies? We've touched on this a little bit. We, we kind of talk about uh, some of these as well. Lately, my hobbies are uh, like playing games outside with the kids, staying home, practicing soccer by myself um, <laughs> and woodworking and then reading books. Those are my hobbies right now. Uh, also, I think Netflix is getting up there as one of my hobbies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So this question actually came from our community where someone asked, uh, are there any other quilters or sewers out there? And um, I kind of transferred it to the question being, what do we do with our free time? Just as a way to share a little bit of kind of who we are. Those are all of largely my hobbies minus woodworking basically too. I have a feeling those are quite common right now. (laughs) So outside of quarantine times, um, some of the ways I spend my time are reading and writing are truly things that I enjoy. I do them at work, but I also do them because I love them. Hiking and skiing. Uh, I love camping as well. I just sometimes have to convince various members of my family or friend group to actually do that with me. And then last last year I picked up fly fishing. I find that being outside away from devices in a physically engaging uh, activity allows me to restore and to really 
get all of my creative energy back and to get my mind out of the day-to-day. So being outside is a big one for me. And then uh, every Thursday night, I play basketball uh, with a group of about 15, 15 guys. Uh, actually, it's not all guys. Um, one woman finally joined us, which is pretty awesome. I, I love that. And then uh, other than that, it's it's kind of like happy hours with friends, throwing dinner parties, just fun stuff where I can foster meaningful conversations, which I actually have written an article about, which I'll share in the show notes as well. Yeah, I think the meaningful conversations is something that's a really big thing for me when we did a family vacation um, my brother-in-law was teasing me afterwards. Like we all went out to dinner and had just a fantastic conversation for a couple of hours. And he was like, Oh, you got in your, your really deep, meaningful, personal conversation that, you know, you wanted for the trip. And I was like, yep, <laughs> I sure did. You know me so well. Uh, cause it's just fun to have those conversations on like where you go past the surface and you talk about like what's actually hard in life and the things that you're learning about yourself and, and everything from there. Um, let's see, we probably have time for one last one. Um, we had one in the chat about what our priorities are for revenue and how we're going to be spending. Let me just make sure there's nothing else in our... Yeah, well, you're looking through that. Um, I'll talk through some of those priorities for revenue. I would say it just investing heavily in the product. We've actually found it's a really good time for two things. One, uh, recruiting new team members. We've been aggressively searching for uh, particularly new product team members. So we added uh, two new designers who join our team on Monday and on Wednesday next week, we've been hiring new engineers. We have a new, new engineer who starts on Monday as well. And we're just finding that because we've planned for this moment and we have this level of stability that we're able to bring more people onto the team. So that's probably the biggest place that we're investing because that improves the product, makes everything more stable. Uh, and then the other thing is that we're spending on advertising. We're finding that as everyone pulls back, there's all these creators who or um, running newsletters and other things that are counting on advertising and the rates are dropping. And so that's where we're finding that, okay, we're getting more for our money by sponsoring newsletters, by uh, doing Facebook ads and those sort of things. And so we have all these films that we've been producing and we've been putting them out on you know YouTube and Facebook and other platforms and then spending money to promote them and get them in front of more people uh, to inspire more creators. Yeah. Yeah. That content piece, the product piece and the advertising are all big aspects of, of kind of where we're going. And I think I'll cater towards this goal of our big goal for the year is getting 500,000 free users. We really want to democratize the access to our product and serve a lot broader base of creators. And so everything we're doing is in service of that. And at no point in serving more people, do we ever want to compromise the service we're providing to paying customers? Because that's always what comes first. One of our values is that paying customers or existing customers matter more than new customers. And that comes from the idea that our success is creator success. That's how we measure ourselves. So that's how we spend our money. Good stuff. Well, let's uh, from there, let's roll into creators of the day. I will go first. You know, this is someone that I actually have not followed before. Uh, her name's Ann and Beeler. Um, but I, one thing that I often do is I go search for .ck.page on Twitter to see everybody sharing ConvertKit landing pages and see uh, what people have come up with. And uh, Anne had this landing page, so I'll screen share for a second here, that I thought was just was really, really well done on the story starter guide. And, and uh, you know, she was just talking through sharing your story and the first steps to freedom as you're getting through uh, pain and everything else. So Anyway, I thought it was a great looking page. It looks like uh, if you check her out on Twitter, uh, she's got some really interesting stuff. So I've spent a lot of time sharing creators who you know I've known for a long time. And I thought it might be fun to share a creator that I just came across this morning and I'm looking to learn more about what she does. 
Yeah, I loved her. Uh, I love that landing page. It was just kind of stunning in the design and the color choices and everything. And it's it's nothing is more fun than seeing people using our product in ways that we hoped that they would. Um, my creator of the day is Prince McClinton. Um, there's definitely more people who work on um, his business, which is called Art of Visuals. But uh, it started off as an Instagram community of photographers. And uh, it's grown into something much bigger. They now have a podcast. They sell Lightroom presets. Um, they do shoots all over. Uh, but the biggest thing is that they're just an amazing community of creatives, especially visual creatives uh, and photography and video. And Prince is just kind of the epitome of what the what the community represents. He's a creative person. He's a kind person. He is generous with his time and insights. And uh, he's also been a speaker at Craft & Commerce which you'll find is a trend. A lot of the people we admire, we invite to come come speak and it's an honor to get to pay them to do that because they have a lot of good stuff to share. So um, shout out to Prince. His birthday was actually yesterday. So happy birthday, Prince. Um, creator of the day, one day off from your birthday. Good stuff. Um, I got to share a quick Prince story. So he's in Boise just like I am. And uh, it must've been four years ago. I was sitting at my favorite coffee shop. There's sort of a couches around. I'm sitting there on my laptop just working away. And there especially not then there weren't that many people in the Boise area. I felt like doing online business and that kind of thing. And I hear Prince and this other person, which I didn't know Prince at all. So I, I hear this guy who I didn't know at all talking to someone else about like conversion rates and how many email subscribers they got. And this new thing that they put up, like, right. They had these Lightroom presets that they're giving away to their Instagram community and all this. And I'm like, I, I'm trying to work on whatever I was writing, but I can't help but listen in. And so then when they kind of wrap up their conversation, I'm like, okay, I just have to introduce myself with like, and talk um, because there's not that many people that were building audiences online at the time uh, in Boise. And so that's how Prince and I met, became, uh, became good friends. I've learned a ton from him and uh, he's a good guy. So yeah, a uh, big fan of Prince, but Barrett, what do you got for a resource of the day? For resource of the day, I'm going old school here and some of you will laugh at me, but this has been a trick that has made many people think of me differently. And that is embossed stationery. Um, you can see it just has my name right at the top. It's nice kind of thick cardstock. I get it from a company called crane.com. They've been around forever. Um, and when I write, my mother gave me this pen. I mean, it's a ridiculous indulgence, but she gave me this pen when I graduated college. It's a Mont Blanc pen. They're very expensive just because they're a luxury company. But I use this pen to write on my embossed stationery. And I try and use this to, my intention is to write at least one birthday card a week to a friend I care deeply about. Um, and also just to correspond. That's what I use to write thank you notes, or just if I'm thinking about someone, just to write a note about how much I appreciate them and the things I admire about them. And the delight of getting a piece of mail like that is incredible. I freaking love it when people send me stuff like this, that's kind of heartfelt and on paper, because it just takes more effort to write find the address, write the address, put a stamp on it, put it in the mail. And um, it really makes people think about the fact that you were um, caring enough and thoughtful enough to uh, put the effort in. So anyways, if you're looking for a way to stand out, um, especially if you're in a business, which you're all in a business that has to do with relationships, um, it's a good way to connect. I'd add that uh, as everyone's stuck at home right now, they would love to receive some of that mail. You know, last week we were going to have a birthday party for Hillary. She turned 30. We ended up canceling that because uh, none of us leave our houses now. But then we had uh, some friends who, you know, who were going to come. We were really excited to see 
you know, that sent her a birthday card instead with really nicely written note. And it just, it stands out so much like these days, um, someone's birthday, you like send them a note on Facebook or something. And so if you take the next level and actually, uh, write something and mail it to them, that's really good. And I would say if you know people who are in cities that are really affected, like we, yes, we're quarantined, but we have life pretty easy right now, uh, for both Barrett and I, we're not in bad places to be quarantined. But if you're stuck in an apartment in New York city, you have a friend that's stuck in that place, then like send them a note say, Hey, I'm thinking of you, hoping you pull through and uh, just take that opportunity to physically mail it. Yeah. What was yours for the day? Oh yeah, it is. I was like, let's go into the closing thought, but I actually got to share what I have. Okay. So today I have a camera uh, called the DJI Osmo pocket. Let me screen share that. Um, this is like a funky little camera. It's like a, the size of a candy bar. It has a stabilizer on it. So it has a little gimbal. Uh, it's a little 4k camera. It's great for vlogging. I use it a lot and it is so well stabilized that when my five-year-old runs around and films with it, the footage is actually usable, which, uh, it takes a lot of stabilization to make that happen. So it's a great little camera. Um, I think it's a lot of fun to film with it and it's great for some action shots. It's about $350. Um, love it. Looks like you got another fan of the Osmo in the chat as well. That's cool. That Anne has it. Okay. So thought for the day to wrap up my thought for you is as we enter the weekend, um, if you're feeling energized and you feel like you've got a bunch of time and creative output that you want to put together, definitely use our episode from yesterday about how to create a course or parlay that into whatever you want to make over the course of 72 hours. That sounds like a great idea, but that's not my thought for the day. My thought for the day is that rest is every bit as important as productivity. Um, This is in some ways me giving advice to myself because sometimes I just want to go, go, go like an energizer bunny, but you can't actually give from an empty tank. And the more that you run yourself down, the more you're actually um, taking away from the people around you. And so I hope that if it's what you need um, and you really have to check in with yourself, to be honest about that, that you'll take this weekend to rest, rejuvenate yourself and realize that not being productive this weekend might be the best way to be productive next week. That's good. I think after these last two, three weeks of going nonstop, that's the message that I most want to hear or most need to hear for this weekend. So thanks for that. Everyone have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you on Monday, same time, same place. See ya. Goodbye. 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 (laughs) Bye y'all. Thanks for listening to The Future Belongs to Creators. We're the makers of ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. To start building your audience with a landing page and to send emails up to 500 subscribers for free, go to landingpage.new. That's landingpage.new to get started with the free ConvertKit account today. We'll see you next time.